Email marketing is so often ignored in our marketing. We take for granted the gift that we get when someone gives us their email address. I reckon it's because of a range of reasons. We get a pile of really bad emails, which can make us feel a little bit skewed around how we feel about emails in general. We might not think that we've got anything relevant to say or even useful. We're not sure about the email rules and what we're allowed to do and what not to do, or even what to expect in terms of sort of results we should be looking for. We might just even get really hurt by someone unsubscribing that we thought really liked our content or would have been a fan. Overall, there's an underlying feeling of maybe it's just all a big waste of time. My clients start and come from all over the place in terms of marketing. They come from my social media posts, my events, advertisements from my events. They come from um, recommendations and my Substack and finding me through SEO. They come from all over the place and all the different ways that they could could find me. But nearly all of them actually end up converting via my emails. My goal is that for my clients that at least 30% of their sales will eventually be coming from their emails. And if they aren't emailing at all to start, this is new growth in their business that they could be tapping into. So I'm wondering, could you do with 30% more growth in the next 12 months? Because if you do, maybe email's the thing you need to be working on. My name is Rachel Claver, and I'm the host of Confident Content, the person who likes messing up her introductions just to please you and make you feel like you are more in control of yourself than other people. This is the podcast to help explain and train you in all things content marketing so you can act with confidence. I'm a content marketing coach and a marketing strategist who's worked with over a thousand small businesses in their marketing. I'm a small business owner too and I know the juggle of trying to work out how to cope with changes and all the expectations on us like where do we find time for email marketing, creating content and still sometimes having time to actually run our business and do the work. This podcast is answering questions from my Facebook group, Mappet Marketing. It's a range of questions that people had that are preventing them from going all in with their emails. When I read through them, I saw many common blocks. So this is going to be a slightly eclectic group of of incredibly useful content about email. And I reckon there's something in here that's going to help everyone in some stage that they're in. Now, I haven't done lots and lots of prep and answering. I really wanted to give you my first take as if you were asking me that question during a live and then I reply back to it. So I haven't taken heaps of notes. I'm going to give you my feedback around that and and just go from there. So I hope that, that that's okay with you. It means you're kind of getting my level of knowledge of what I would do if I was talking to you directly, which I think is really important. Um, so let's get dig in, dig deep and work out how to unblock you from email marketing and get those sales coming in because that would be pretty good, right? All right. So one of the questions I had was... Do you need to segment your email list? Now, segmentation is about making sure that we send emails out to smaller groups. So I do know I've got a question coming up and I'm going to chase to that one now because it's actually relating to it. So it says, what is a good open rate to expect? So we're going to start with that question first and then I'm going to come into the segmentation one because it relates to it. So... Um, The person that asked this question in the group, I then asked her, um, she said her open rate was 50%. Now, that meant that I made an assumption about her and I checked and I was accurate. If you have a list of under 1,000 and probably under 500, it's relatively easy to get a open rate of 50% or over. The smaller your list, the more you're going to get a higher open rate. But actually, the average open rate after you hit that kind of 1,000 subscribers is 
Now that's for a range of reasons. One of them is, is that the bigger the group that you have that you send out to, the less likely all those emails even get in the inbox. So you could have up to 25%, 30% not even getting to the inbox because when we send large quantities, like at a big list at a time, some of those get stopped by the email service themselves because they go, oh, this feels like it's spam. Um, so they halt them. Um, they might go more likely to go to a spam folder or the promotions folder sometimes as well. And so people may not even get them or see them. Um, also, the bigger groups tend to mean that uh, perhaps there's people in there that aren't so engaged, which is all going to reduce it down. So one of the things that I'll say is we're aiming for 25% in terms of open rates. Uh, mine is currently at between, one of mine is at 30% on average, and the other one is sitting at 40%. Now, the reason that one is 40% is I have actually segmented a bigger list into smaller groups, and I send the same email with a few little tweaks to each one of those groups every week, which makes my open rates higher. So if we go and look at do you need to segment your email list, there are lots of reasons that we want to segment our email list, but one of the most important ones is it's going to increase our open rate. If we're sending emails out to thousands of people with the same email, we're actually reducing the opportunity for more people to open it. The smaller groups, the better the results. So my segments, the way that I have grouped a segment is just a group of your email list. It's like determining that a particular type of people are going to get this email, a particular type are going to get this, and a particular type will get others. I have lots of segments, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how those are made. But what I've done is I tagged in my group, so I added like a little tag, which is another way to segment. It's another way to classify our list. I tagged people in my list either um, an identified client, so these are people that I've worked with one-on-one, -on -one. they will get a type of email from me. Then I have my Facebook group, they will get a type of email from me if they're in my email list. And then I have what's called general population. And those groups get bigger and bigger. So my open rate for my um, little list of people that have worked with me one-on-one, -on -one, and that is a group that's only been going since uh, 2021, and there's been some people that have unsubscribed from it, but there's probably about 150 people in there that are just people who work with me one-on-one -on -one with marketing strategies. They, uh, it's really high open rate. That's going to be over 50%, sometimes 60, 70%, tiny group, most engaged. Then the next one, I have about 450 of the 1,700 people from my Facebook group are in there. And that also has quite a higher open rate because it's a bit more engaged, and um, but it's a lower open rate. So it's sitting at that kind of... Um, 38, 40%. And then I have my general population one, and that goes between 28 to 35%, depending on what it, how many people are there. If I was going to fill up and just send them all the same email, I'd probably be sitting at the high 28s to low 32s kind of space every week. But this way, the people that I really want to see the material, my most engaged list, more of those people see it. So when someone asks, do you need to segment your email list? I say, do you want to get better results? And if you want to get better results, yes, you want to segment your list. I like segmenting it into people I've worked with, people I'm currently working with, or um, people that I have some sort of uh, lead generation information in, um, as it's very basic, and then people who may just be on my list and I'm not too sure how they got there or how long they've been there, and I'm just really happy they're still there. So I kind of, I, that's the easiest ways. I also have segments around things like uh, events. I have segments around 
uh, behaviors. So if people have downloaded particular things, uh, because we've got e-commerce, I've got segments um, or tags around things like, uh, you know, people that have bought particular materials, people that have worked with us on different things. And part of this creates this beautiful picture of who is most engaged with you. So you can put in some um, email platforms, we use Active Campaign. Um, we can put a value points towards those things, which can help us determine who are our most get engaged people. You can segment people on their levels of engagement. So you can seg- segment people on who's opened emails recently, who hasn't opened emails. Um, you can just basically any behavior, anything that they've done with you, you can either have ones that are automatically applied through filling out a form or through the behavior that they're doing and expressing in their email behavior. Or you can do ones that you apply. So if I work with a client one-on-one, I have to physically go and add a tag into their account. Uh, Rachel's saying this, thinking that she hasn't done this with a couple of clients and she needs to do that. Um, And so you can also do that. So there are lots of ways that you can um, segment your list. I think that the other thing that goes in here is someone asked, what is the difference between list segments, groups, and tags? And I, I really think I should need to dive deeper into this in a podcast. Part of the problem is is that some of these words and terminologies are not just for one, not across all the board. So in MailChimp, for example, which I don't use very often, they use groups. Um, groups help you to categorize people so that they can be a group of a, um, of a whole range of things. So for example, you might have a range of emails that people can get from you. So they might get events or newsletters or other things and then they can choose which ones they get and then that's going to actually work out how they're going to be targeted so then you might only have people that only want the events information some people might want that and the newsletter some people might only want to know about new products for example so that's kind of like a segmentation of interest that you can do we can also do this with existing email lists so one of the recommendations I will say to people if they've never had segmentation and then their emails are a list are a mess is you could create these little segments or little indications by sending everyone a little form that you're already on your list and say, we'd like to tailor our work for you or tailor our stuff. Would you like to just get our monthly new- You could have an informational-based monthly newsletter. Monthly newsletter. Would you like weekly tips? Uh, would you like to know about our events? Would you like to know about new products? Whatever the things are, and they could tick the boxes, and then that could add a tag depending on which ones they're doing. They could have a tag for each one, which would then help segment their behavior. Um, so you could do that on any platform, but it's called a group in MailChimp. And I think one of the things we have to know is they're not always called those things in other platforms. Um, another related thing to this is should you have more than one email list within your system? So we have a master list. I also have a list that's just for events. I've got people who only want to know about events. They don't want to be in our regular email list. So I have a separate one for that. I also have a separate list for my online courses because they're often a different target market to the overall ones. And I also have a separate list for my, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I'm working in the office recording this. My dog has just arrived um, in the other room and he is crying because he knows he can hear my voice, but I'm not letting him into this room. So if you hear the whining and the crying, 
that is what it is. Um, we're going to just keep on motoring through, though. So apologies in advance. Um, but if you hear me laughing, I'm laughing at him. So so we've got that. Um, and then I would also have one for my I've got Shopify products, my books and things like that. I have another list for that because they don't want necessarily they haven't signed up necessarily for my other marketing material. So I do have different lists, but I wouldn't have lists on things like everything. It's really about business spaces. Like that's how I would do lists personally. Um, I wouldn't do lists like um, the Go Green Expo and then do another one for the Women's Expo. I put all the Expo stuff in the same list if I was doing this. Um, so trying to think about not having too many lists because it can become very confusing for you. But then we make those lists smaller or those groups of people smaller by segmenting by using tags and also other behaviors. So you could have a behavior of um, opening every email might be a way that you could segment so tags and seg- um, tags and um, like behaviors that have been me- measured, those sort of things can help you make a segment. Tags and behaviors can help you make a segment that you can tailor make to send an email out. And if we make those small, more of them are going to open it and you'll often get better success. So for example, if you are a business owner that is selling a product let's make it a ball um, you're selling a ball and people have bought these balls before and you know that they're going to love this new color ball you could just send an email out to them first announcing it to them and you might get better results from them than you would if you sent it out to the whole list a smaller group they're all going to get that email they're all more engaged with that topic and they're likely to get it Similarly, if you're a service-based business and you have done an offer of like you've got a free download about content marketing coaching and you want to really push that um, to your people about your coaching program, you might decide to send an email just to people that have done that download. So you can use behaviors or you could use tags to make people make those decisions. I could do one where I take all the information I've got and say, People who've bought Be a Spider Builder Web and been to an event are going to get a particular type of email. People who've just been to an event who haven't bought Be a Spider will get a different type of email. And of course, it's not pure because they could have bought the book from somewhere else. But this is the way that we can break things down and make things easier. I like having segments for my weekly emails and those three that I've mentioned to really break down and make that easier. But I also use segmentation all the time for smaller things. If we're doing an event somewhere, instead of sending it out to everyone, we try and record where people are. And it's not always accurate. But if we're running an event in um, Christchurch, for example, we've got a Canterbury tag. So everyone in Canterbury will get that ta- get that comp- that ta- um, their email. And I'm not sending it out to everyone else in my list who's going to get annoyed if I'm sending them out emails all the time about all the different events that are coming through. So... It really helps us target our information in a really beautiful way. And part of that is capturing that information. So if I'm at an event and people are giving me their emails, if I'm speaking at a conference, I always add a column. If I'm giving them some information and they've given me their name and their email address, I often say what region and then I put that region in as a tag when I load them up. So I know that those people, because they've already seen me at an event, that then I can send them an email about the other events and I tell them that, that I'm going to be doing that um, and that they don't necessarily have to be on the big list, but it means I can target those people, which makes things much better. So yes, I do think you do need to segment your list. 
Um, and I would also seek, I would make different lists for things like if you've got like a B2B side and a B2C side, if you've got two significantly different target markets. Um, so one of my clients, you know, she works with someone who like other people in her industry and then she also works directly to consumers. I would have those as two very different lists. They may be on each list, but we want to make sure that so for some reason, but we want to be able to talk to those quite differently. I would just make those two different lists as opposed to two different segments. But then I might have segments within that. So you might have all the people on this list that live in Hamilton. You might have all the people on the other lists that live in Hamilton. And then you could do something that for all people on both lists that live in Hamilton if you wanted to. Um, so that it's really about planning it out first. You don't want to be just jumping in there and just adding a whole lot of stuff in. I've definitely done that. You need to think about how do I want to talk to these people? What is some important stuff that I want to do? And what do I want to collect to see what behaviors I could maybe talk to as well? So that as you grow it, you've got that development in there. Um, so that's an important part around the lists. Um, if you've got a tiny list, one of the things I recommend you do is you actually set up an automation and you write, say, 26 quite short, pithy emails that are useful and put them in an automation and get everyone that's already in the email list to start at number one. So don't make these time sensitive and you could have, so once a fortnight or once a week, and we'll talk about how often in a moment, um, and you could put them in there and then every time someone joins your list, they just start at email one. And then once you've got to three, between 300 and 500 emails, then you could just start emailing that list just organically um, to the frequency that you're using. But it means that you're not going, wow, I'm only sending this email out to 20 people. And it was a really good email and no one else is going to see it. So you could just make them into an automation and feed them through it. And that's a really great way to, to kind of maximize the time that you're growing a list and still email those people and get them into a habit. Related to that is how often you should start email your list. So I say as often as you like, as long as it's at least fortnightly. It's kind of like when people say, how many, how often should I um, post? And I'm like, you can post as often as you like, but it has to be a minimum of three times a week. So I prefer weekly. Uh, the reason that I say that is if we've got a 25% open rate, that means on average people will, will open one once a month. If we have um, a 25% open rate and fortnightly, people are only opening your emails once a every eight weeks. So it does make quite a big difference. Also, if your emails are good, people have no problem with that. And what I find really interesting is that my open rate has significantly increased this year since I went from weekly to twice weekly emails. So those people that say, oh, you know, you can't do, um, you know, it's, it's too much to have emails. It's not actually about the frequency. It's about the quality. And if you're building good emails that people want to read, people will actually start to look out for them and enjoy them. And so I would definitely say... Um, if you have, if you're going from nothing to something, make that something fortnightly. Keep them really short. Keep them really simple, and then you can go from there to potentially going to weekly, which would be ideal there. Um, when you're doing those emails, someone asks, "Should I be linking to blogs or videos?" And my answer is categorically, no way. Uh, occasionally, you can do a video at the bottom, but anything that you link away from your emails is going to stop people from taking action on that email. The only thing you'd want to link to would be buying something or booking time with you. So a shop now button, um, going to your web store, that's fine. Book, going to a booking link, that's fine. Booking in time, going potentially to a landing page with a booking link, that's fine. Blogs, no. Blogs are not for your email list. 
blogs are for people who aren't on your email list yet or people who like reading blogs and will find them. They know how to find them. They're on your email list. They don't need to, go and, they don't need to be reminded. That is so old school, that stuff, and it's not helping your business. What we want is people to reply to our emails or take action and buy something from us. Those are the two things we're looking for. We don't want more traffic to our website because these people already know about us. We don't need traffic from them. We need sales from them. So don't do that. If you want to use a video, at least get upload it into Giphy, that video. Get a little Giphy link of your moving video so it's moving and interactive and interesting and then have it, but I prefer being it at the bottom of your email after all the call to action, so at least you've given them the most opportunity to take action and respond to your email. Once they're off the email, you're expecting a lot of them to come back to your email and finish any action that you want them to do. We want to keep things as easy for them to take action as possible. Someone asked a related question, are emails just to get more sales? And my answer to that is no, Emails are to build community. These are people that have chosen you. These are emails that help people want to connect with us and like us and remember to work with us and be reminded of us and use us when they're ready. They're not just about the selling. And so one of the things I'll say is, unless you're an e-commerce business, in which case you can have shop now on every email, if you're a service-based business, one out of every four is your hard sell or your, I don't mean hard sell, is like hard sell, but one out of every four is your, you know, we're going we're gonna to get this done, you know, come work with me. Um, the other three are not. And so if, if we're doing this, we're talking about building community, building trust, helping people be inspired. And so we really want to make sure that we have a structure that isn't just sell, 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 because who's going to want to open that? We need to earn the right to sell in our emails. So it's definitely not to get more sales. I, I use it that it's a little bit like being called to the principal's office. Emails can feel a little bit like, oh, great, I'm getting sold to again. What we want to have is people go, hey, when I, when I open these emails, I get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. I enjoy these emails. This person's great. I like them. You know what? I'm not scared of opening their emails anymore. I'm going to open another one. Also, I think I'm going to reply to this email because it really touched me or I really related to it or they asked me to reply back and I feel safe doing that because I know they're not going to jump into selling to me. And that's what we want. I talk to so many people who get disappointed that they reply back and then they get this person like heavy trying to sell to them. And it's disappointing we shouldn't have to jump into sales every time someone replies back to us. We should trust the process and let them work it out themselves a little bit, right? As soon as we go for the full thing, yeah, you'll get some conversions, but you're also going to piss a lot of people off. So I love the fact that I have a high level of engagement on my emails. I get a lot of people replying back. I have had a couple of weeks ago, I had over 50 people replying back to an email. I actually got two sales from that one too. They weren't I had no call to action to sell, uh, but it touched people in a way that made them want to connect with me. So we want to get those engage that engagement going for this to work really well. So in relation to that, one of the questions that I was asked was, how do I create a plan so I can batch my, batch my emails? Now, one of the things is that um, I do like it to reflect what we're doing out publicly. So you could do 
a series of four emails and one could, one could be answering a frequently asked question. So really going deep into something like, you know, people have asked, you know, how, how much does it cost to work with me or how long does it take to make with, work with me or, or why this is. It could be a frequently asked question about a product that you've got around the benefits of it or how it works or something like that. So I would like you to do one answering a frequently asked question really well. One that's more personable and a bit more about who you are and more introspective. So maybe something around um, your journey with what you're doing, um, your journey in in how you work, um, your your information around those sort of things. I want you to have one that's a client story related one, that's a testimonial or a case study or just a really great story, just breaking things down. And then the last one can be quite a clear call to action. Now that can have testimonials. You can have testimonials in each one of these in some way. But you can have that one that's just like a, this is the thing I'm selling you and this is what I want. Now you can have call to actions on all those other ones, but the call to action is quite soft. It could be, um, you know, I, I, I cover this in my content marketing program. If you'd like to talk about working with me, I'm taking places for next February. I hit reply if you'd like to do that. Or it could be, what did you think about this? Is there anything that's come up for you? How um, I'd like to hear from you. So we do a frequently asked question one, we do one that's about personal journey or more introspective or sharing a little bit more of inside of us or how we work or our team dynamics and sharing more of that side. We do one that is focused on our um, customer story, testimonial case study type of thing. And then we do, and, and it's always relating back to some little nuggets. So don't just go, I want to tell you the story and I want it to be because some people struggle. So if you're introducing it, we go, you know, some people really struggle with this thing. And I wanted to tell you a story about one of my clients that had a breakthrough with this. That's that's how you would frame that. And then that last one can be quite a clear call to action of come work with me. And if you did that, you could choose a topic. So your topic could be, I don't know, um, I don't know what I was thinking about meat packs. Maybe it's coming out to lunch. But one of them could be something like um, choosing um, a color palette for a room. Um, and so that could be the theme for those four posts. And then you could choose another one that relates to your offer for the next four. So you could kind of do it that way where you're kind of taking that story through those four stages. And they are actually talking to slightly different stages of the customer journey as well. So I would do that. that if I was going to create a plan, I would use that format and then just choose a topic that relates to your offer that actually you could talk about. So you're kind of warming up for that fourth one with that call to action and then I'll flip into it and use another type and then you could batch write it that way. And I pretty much do that. I don't do it exact because sometimes I like to go with the flow and just write something from the heart more often than not. Um, but I've been running for a long time and I'm going to start using this this structure as well a bit next year because I know when I've done it and stuck to it, the results are better and, and people love it. They don't feel like I'm selling to them. I'm not going, here's a case study. I'm saying, um, if you're getting stuck with such and such, it's really common. Um, you know, I recently worked with a client that has, and I thought I'd tell you their story so that you could kind of learn along with them. So we're not we're not doing it like, a, here's the, this week's my case study week, or here's my testimonial week. It's feeding it through the story of that focus that you've got under those four different formats, and it works super well. You could also do one that I really like of asking for advice. Um, so I do this every few months where I say, hey, this is something that I'm focusing on. I feel like lots of other people are struggling. What would you say for this? And then sharing that advice. A little bit like I did with this where I've asked my Facebook group for questions to answer and then I've done a podcast about it. Um, so I would ask for that advice and then a few weeks later I would publish that advice as another email. And those are all great ways to build community that help as we grow um, and how we build it. So these are the top questions answered that I got asked um, from my 
um, my Facebook group. I am going to do a different session on the difference between lists, segments, groups and tags or rather how to plan for that um, because we've talked about what the differences are but I'd really like to go through and plan with that and I would love to know, did I miss a question? Is there something you'd really love to know about email marketing? Uh, The session after this one is actually a session with one of my clients, Ange, um, so do listen to that one um, next week. It's all about her planning uh, for her business. She's got an osteo and massage business and we talked about her email strategy and how to get more engagement from her list. So to keep on building with this, um, that would be a really great episode for you to listen to. And thank you for tuning in. I'm really enjoying doing this uh, confident content podcast with you. And I hope you have a great week and go forth and email. Good luck.